presents monthly Monday movie muckabout because the podcasting world needs another. Okay, look, I'm I'm Rick, like you all know, and um, this is my show. But I need to tell you that this is a little bit different than normal because something strange has occurred. <clears throat> yes, go on. Excuse me. Who are you talking to? I just now dialed up to you. I'm using this infernal voice over infernal pleasantries, and all you're doing is speaking nonsense. What is going? What are you doing? I, I am talking to the audience. They're the ones who are listening. They're the ones who are here to hear us talk about movies, and I'm trying to explain to them what you are doing here. Ah, like a monologue. Yes. See that Mephisto can appreciate. You may proceed, Rick Not Jeff. Thank you. So, I've got an extensive movie collection, and I thought they were all, you know, safe. But apparently one of them was not, because I was playing a movie, I had never really seen it before, and the next thing I know is I somehow have called up Mephisto into the attic here at the Longbox Crusade headquarters. Mistakes were made. So, as I said, this is Mephisto, a.k.a. Mistopheles, Satan... Lucifer, Beelzebub, the devil, arch-nemesis of Fantastic Four, Doctor Strange, most of the Marvel Universe, and also for podcasts. You may have heard him on Married with Cartoons, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, uh, Secret Wars and Beyond, and of course, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Mephisto, um, uh, how are you doing? Oh, is now when I talk? Yes, now is when you talk. Ah, okay. Very good. I was... You were doing so well there, I did not want to impede upon another person's monologue. Nothing is ruder than interrupting a good monologue once it gets rolling. Ah, I have been doing splendidly. Thank you for asking me. And I especially appreciate you opening that cursed copy of My Little Pony, French Miss Magic, Equestria Girls. I must say that it was a delightful one to put my own special touch in, shall we say. So I take it then that you are involved with movies? Oh, yes. I find that producing movies is quite the splendid endeavor. After all, who was responsible for Ishtar? Well, I, I thought it was a major movie company, but now that you mention it, that does make sense. Do you also like watching movies as well? Well, you know, it is very difficult as the lord of an underrealm to find the time. There's so much to do with torturing the various souls throughout eternity. And, you know, of course, my VHS player died a few days ago, and my Majordomo has not had a chance to replace it yet. You might know of my Majordomo. He's my official deputized underling of demonic entity, uh, or dude for short. It's got to be work in this economy. I guess you take it where you can get it. Uh, I actually paid you more for a beta guy more than VHS, but... I thought you were responsible for Beta. No, Beta is far too angelic for my tastes. That's why it did not last. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Dude, bring me a cough drop. As you might have guessed, I do a little show here where I give my guests a opportunity to see a movie that they have never seen before, and then we talk about it. Uh, would that interest you? Why else would I be here? After all, I have done my research on your programs, or more precisely, my dude has done research to see what sort of programs you produce. And after you have thwarted me on various occasions, 
with those other casters of pod, I felt it was time for me to show that I am a reasonable sort of devil, and I will grace you with my presence for a change. So I am most happy to participate in this project. Well, okay then, let me see if I can find something that uh, would suit your demonic taste. Yes, you please do that, Rick, not Jeff. <laughs> Little does he realize that this is one mere part of my long-term plan to truly take over the internet and control all of the casters of pods so the world shall be mine! <laughs> you do know that that was the outside voice, right? Uh, uh... No, I was talking about this nice poster I have. Have you noticed this brilliant poster? It's of a cat. It has one claw caught onto the branch of a tree. And the caption says, hang in there. I love this poster. I hang it in the break room for the suffering souls. It makes me laugh because, you know, irony. That truly is a damn dimension. All right, let's get on to the movie that I want you to see. Have you ever seen Sabrina? Well, Sabrina has come to visit my lair once on occasion, mostly to retrieve her cat. Something to do with cats and the underworld. I do not know exactly why that is. They seem to really just get in the way and leave their furballs all over. It is quite tiring. No, no, not Sabrina the Teenage Witch, even though that was a 1996 American television film. I was talking about... Sabrina, the 1995 American romantic comedy drama film that was directed by Sidney Pollock. It, it stars Harrison Ford, Julia Armand, and, and Greg Kinnear. Ah, you see my confusion. Because, after all, Sabrina is quite a unique name. Yes. Obviously. So, no, I am not familiar with that program. Uh, do you know anything about it at all? Well, let me think. Think for a moment. Is that Harrison Ford chap had been anything else? Uh, yeah, you may have seen him in a little movie called uh, Star Wars and its sequels. Doesn't ring a bell. Indiana Jones? Hmm. Now, well, I do have some pool in Indianapolis, if that's what you're referring to. Okay, uh, well, what about Blade Runner? Oh, Blades. I love Blades. We run with Blades around the underworld all the time. You should see how happy it makes the little imps as they chase the tortured souls about. It's most delightful. Not not Blades. Blade Runner. I, I'm, I'm yes, just... that's what I was saying. It's a mar We'll often have marathons with Blades. It yeah, is okay. quite entertaining. Okay. Ah, ah, how about this one? He was in a movie called A Devil's Own. Now, you must have seen that one. Oh, that film? I was completely suckered in by the title on that one. It did not turn out the way I expected at all. Although, I did find that one actor quite fetching. I'm assuming you must mean Brad Pitt. Okay, let's get back to Sabrina, though. Uh, I'm going to give you this movie. I'll, I'll, I'll send you over a, a direct copy that you could, you know, download or stream or, you know, pull from wherever you pull movies from now. And, and we'll just go ahead and let you watch the movie, and then we'll we'll come back and we'll talk about... Sabrina, the 1995 American romantic comedy drama with Harrison Ford. We'll be back, folks. Help me. Who are you talking to? No one, no one. Commercial, now. Once upon a time, in a mansion on Long Island, in a world of money, all work and no play made Linus Larrabee a billionaire. 
I just don't feel like buying any more networks this year. There's never anything good on. All play and no work made his brother David a different kind of billionaire. So you guys work Sundays now, huh? It's Wednesday, David. And the Larrabees <laughs> were about to live happily ever after when someone made an unexpected appearance and awakened something magical in all of them. Hello. Hello, Sabrina. Sabrina? <laughs> you look all grown up. Sabrina? Why does he keep saying that? She's like a sister to him, Patrick. I have a sister. That's not how we dance. Hi. I don't want him trying to break off the engagement. This whole thing happened in 24 hours. I can make it unhappy in 48. You're talking about my life. I pay for your life, David. My life makes your life possible. I resent that. So do I. I like Sabrina. I always have. But I'm not about to kiss off a billion dollars. I don't care what she did to her hair. You know, you are not exactly what people say you are. What do they say I am? That you're the world's only living heart donor. No. That. I think it's so sad that you're so taken over by what you do. I do what my dad did. He, he did what his dad did. Our lost cause then. Yes, I Paramount Pictures presents a film by Sidney Pollack. You convinced me that there were some things missing in my life. How can like they come true? If there like will life. never, ever. I got a surprise for you. I got one for you, too. Harrison Ford, Julia Ormond, Greg Kinnear, Sabrina. You ever heard me referred to as the world's only living heart donor? <laughs> well, I guess we are back, and we're still here with Mephisto. Uh, but before we ask him what he thought of this film, I'm going to give a quick synopsis for you, listener, who have never seen Sabrina. Once upon a time, there was a girl who lived with her father on a giant estate. Her father was the chauffeur for a very rich family, and growing up, she had a crush on the younger brother, the playboy David. Sabrina's father sends her away to Paris, where she grows up and comes back a stunning and self-assured woman, and is finally noticed by David, who is now engaged. Linus, the older brother, the stern, humorless, business-minded of the two, fears that David's wandering libido will destroy this engagement and the business deal tied to it. So he intervenes, hoping to trick Sabrina into falling in love with him so he can get her out of the way. But along the way, Linus discovers that he is actually falling in love with the beautiful Sabrina. And I dread this. I dread this most sincerely, but Mephisto, what did you think of this film? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Is it time to talk about our beverages yet? Uh, that's that's the wrong, it's the wrong show, Mephisto. It's the wrong show. It's that, that's my other show that I do. Not, that's not this show. But no, I, I beg your pardon, sir. However, my dude has ascertained that guests on your cast of pods bring a beverage to enjoy and spur envy in all attendant victims. I, I, I mean, listeners. Therefore, I'm prepared with the perfect beverage for this occasion. Okay, fine. Whatever. Go for it. 
Mephisto, what beverage did you bring to talk about this movie? Well, I am glad you asked. It is made from the tears of tortured and tormented souls of the damned and demented denizens of the infernal depths of despair, gathered over their millennia's long sentence, waiting for a salvation that shall ever be denied them, with a lemon slice for just a light touch of zest. Mmm, citrusy. Do you know what the ABV or alcohol by volume or the IBUs of that is? I believe it is 10 million. Fair enough. Okay, uh, now that we have our beverages out of the way, um, what did you think about the movie? Oh, yes, the movie. Yes. That's what we're here to talk about. Yes, right. yes, yes, the movie. The, 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 the uh, Sabrina movie. I was, uh, yes. Uh, well, when it began, I was really quite bored with throughout it. I mean, where was the demonic possession? Where was the bargaining for souls? And there's just like scenes of cleaning cars and walking through city streets. what What am I watching here? I was completely confused. Okay, look, we said that this was going to be a romantic comedy. There was not going to be there was not going to be any possessions, demonic souls. There wasn't going to be any kind of evil. It's just a romantic comedy. It's supposed to be lighthearted. You're supposed to enjoy it. Well, this is what's wrong with you mortals. Your definition of romantic comedy is completely different from mine. Okay, that's probably true. We may have missed the boat on that one a little bit. But I'm still kind of curious. I want to know what you thought of this film. I still want to know if this met your expectation. I'm going to go out on a limb and think that it probably didn't. I was really still hoping that at some point a magical cat would be part of the story. Just because it seems like anybody named Sabrina should have a magical cat. I'm sorry, that just seems to be the rule. Yeah, uh, there was probably a little bit negative on the magical cats. In fact, I can't think of any cat actually in this. So, so let's put that aside a bit. Um, let's talk about... Let's let's find out if there's anything you enjoyed. Um, let's ask about the characters. Yeah, we always ask about the characters. Did you like the acting of the lead characters? Well, I have to say that they did exhibit some traits that I found quite appealing. Like the character Linus. He was definitely a greedy and prideful sort. That quite appealed to me. Uh, and, the, and David, oh, he was very much the epitome of lust as well as slovenliness. It was quite wonderful to see. But also that, that very kind-hearted Sabrina, oh, oh, not so much so. When you look just a little bit under the surface, there's quite a bit of envy throughout her character. All delightful traits indeed. Hang on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are, did you match up the characters with the seven deadly sins? You did call it a romantic comedy, didn't you? I guess that would be a comedy of errors there. Okay, the divine comedy. I, I see what you did there. Nice, nice. Okay, um, let's see if we can adjust then for your setting. If that is the case, um, I can't believe I'm saying this. Which of the deadly sins in Sabrina did you like the most? Oh, most definitely the envy. That was just right throughout the whole picture. Just delightful to see. She did have a little bit of lust in there. Just a tad. Just a tad. And it was, you know, but I was also quite put off by the fact that she never got to truly satisfy it at any point throughout the showing of the film. Things did come apart, probably came upon later. But, you know, throughout the film itself, you know, it was that undercurrent that was definitely quite intriguing. Okay, so you thought that 
Sabrina's character was successful, or, or she epitomized envy, and she did it very well. Oh, quite well indeed. It takes a lot of effort to make someone truly feel that jealousy, that green-eyed monster. I found that quite compelling. All right. Okay. Let's uh, let's look a bit, little bit at Linus then. Uh, you said that he really showed his own greed in that he in his character, and you said that that was a good thing, which other listeners and other watchers of the film might actually not see that as good but let's go with this i could i could swipe quite swear that there was another movie that had the quote greed is good i don't remember anything else about the movie besides that however that part really sung out to me well let's let's stick with this movie i think we can only really handle one of these at a time um so linus's greed you said that was really good you said that he did a good job showing it was there a scene that you thought epitomized it for you my it's so hard to choose he said he was such throughout the whole thing he did start it off with that quite you know delightful anecdote of i don't want to buy another network that's just so that's what delightful the fact that he could just buy a network and because there's nothing good on anyway i've been saying so for centuries okay all right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Before we get into some of the beat points, let's go ahead and keep on going with the characters. You were mentioning that David, he had that playboy lifestyle. I could almost see him as, I guess, in your way of looking at this as lust. He really was showing lust because he was chasing after all the women, right? What else could he have been doing with lust? I mean, that's what it's there for. It's right there in the manual. Men equals chase other things. It's not quite as specific as women. I mean, come on, be more broad-minded, man. Well, I, we do collect comics here, I guess. Okay, so David has lust and um, some of the ways he did that. He was chasing after women. Uh, and that's, that's why Sabrina, she saw all the different ways that he went after women. And she was envious of that, I guess. What did you think of David's character as portraying lust? Oh, well, he had, he put up all the stops with uh, just the women that obviously he's gone from one after another after another. And his seduction powers are quite impressive, I must say. But also, then we have the extra level, which might be getting into the story. So I'm new to these sorts of podcasts, after all. If it's okay, because I don't want to, you know, please step on any toes, so No, speak. no, that's okay. We are off script anyway, so go for it. Yes, after all, I think you would know better than to say that I can't do what I want anyway. I've learned... I really can't tell you what to do, so let's go with it. That's very kind of you to acknowledge. The other part that you have to get into is that eventually there's a moment when David and Sabrina almost get together. But at this point, David is betrothed to another. Yes. And thus, the sin of infidelity is spurring its ugly head. Oh, oh, this young man would find quite a few friends down in my realm. I I did think that you would like that part a bit. If we could go with another character beat that I thought you would like, Linus's duplicitous nature of trying to fall in love with Sabrina and to, to get her to fall in love with him, to woo her away from her affections of David. What did you feel about that? Did you enjoy that part? Uh, well, you have to also realize that there's quite a few one percenters that I'm familiar with on a daily basis. So Linus's behavior is more or less written 
among that crowd. I thought it was bold, however, to put it on the big screen for the masses to see, because this is something that they must accept if you're going to reach that level. This is something that you must strive towards. You must aspire to. And I was delighted to see him portray it so well. You like the fact that he was being duplicitous with Sabrina, that he was lying to her, that he was playing with her emotions, that he was basically trying to destroy this nice young woman. You like that, huh? Excuse me, have we met? I know you. I am just making sure our listeners understand your point of view. My subtitle is Lord of Lies. It's right there on my business card. Yes, and you keep giving me your business card and it keeps like emulating right in front of me. It just burst into fire. You know how dangerous that is? That's what business cards do. Okay, we're off topic. Let's get into some of the storyline, I guess. What was your favorite scene in the movie? Oh my, that's, that is a good one. So many to pick from. Well, actually, it was actually hard to pick a really favorite scene. There was some that were just uh, like the water photo shoot of the models. It's like water everywhere. Uh, I much prefer the fire and lava. That would have been much preferable, but it's like, uh. okay, I can see that. I can see that. Ah, now I did like the scene where Linus and David are conversing in their office and Linus pulls out a pistol to shoot a flat screen television. That was quite amusing. Okay, all right, violence, that is up your alley and a little unexpected in this movie. And of course that scene is referring to is Linus is showing David that the parents of his engaged own this incredible technology that makes this flat screen TV that's nearly bulletproof, that is indestructible. And that's what he's trying to show. But of course, you probably missed that. You just sat there and enjoying the firing of a gun. Okay. Um, I was waiting for the gun to be turned upon David, though, next. So I was a little bit let down with the conclusion of that scene. To be fair, I think a lot of people watching the movie are kind of waiting for the gun to be turned on David. But that's beside the point. That's beside the point. Uh, is there any other scenes that really struck a chord with your evil violin heart? Hmm... Well, I actually did spoil it a little bit by discussing the scene where David is choosing infidelity yes. for his fiancée, Elizabeth. But also, you must take some extra joy in that the help staff, who are friends of Sabrina, are cheering on and enabling this entire scene as well. They are seen clearly in the background, acting like the cherubs of hell, cheering on the demonic act that, that is about to begin. Yeah, um, I didn't view it that way, of course, but that's a take. Later on in that scene, uh, Sabrina has seen David and, uh, and and she's hoping to be magically taken to the same places that he has taken other women. And he wants she wants to be wooed by him. And part of the seduction is he takes these glass champagne flutes and he puts them in his back pocket and he you know gets a bottle of champagne and he meets her in this place. But Linus stops him, sends him inside. And it's during their confrontation that Linus notices these glass flutes in his back pocket and pushes David down onto a seat where he sits on him. I'm guessing that you also enjoyed that part, correct? Oh, thank you for reminding me of that scene. It was hilarious. He was probably having minor surgery to correct the damage performed upon his posterior. Yeah, I, I, I thought you would enjoy that part. Uh, to be fair, that, that's pretty funny for us as well. Um, so let, let's get into some of the uh, negatives. See, uh, we are not so different after all, are we not, Jeff? And that... 
That frightens me terribly. Uh, let's get on to some of the parts that you hated. Probably the parts that most other people loved. But the parts that you hated, what was some of the scenes that really grated on your soul? Like, you know, kids laughing. Oh, this movie is so full of those scenes. I had to just endure nigh endless torment of seeing the beauty of Paris. I know that's what they were going for. I'm not dense, but I could not stand those scenes. It's all so dull and lovely and pulling at your heartstrings. Okay, so if you were to remake this film and set it in a different location than Paris, where would you set this film? Oh, I think some war-torn settings in the Middle East or New Jersey. Those would be delightful settings for this movie. I'd like to say goodbye to all of my fans from New Jersey. What other scenes did you find horrific in your eyes? Do you recall that scene in Little Seaside Village where Linus and Sabrina are bicycling through the streets? Yeah, yeah, this this is part of the setup where they go to the seaside city in order to so that it's part of Linus's ploy to get Sabrina to fall in love with him. So she he takes her to a house that he owns in this little seaside uh, town, one that David takes a lot of his lovers to, and he's showing her around. It's a beautiful setting. He's having her take pictures of the place, and they're having a nice, enjoyable time riding their bike around the city. You you found this disturbing, I take it. Well, I was waiting for the giant octopus to jump out of the ocean and attack them. Ah. But there was no giant octopus. So why are you getting a scene near the sea if you aren't going to have some gargantuan monster attack? What is the point? Yeah, yeah, I can see where you're going. No crack in attacking. Okay, all right, good point. We'll put that into other edits we can make. I dare ask, but this is enjoyable. Was there another scene that you wanted to mention? Well, if I was to say more scenes, I would just be going on and on. I mean, there was also all the romantic scenes between the characters. Uh, We had Sabrina with some guy in France. It's like, what is this for? Why do we care about... And they're dancing. At moments, they're dancing almost looked like writhing in torment, but it did not last. So that was quite disappointing. You don't like dancing, huh? Oh, I definitely prefer my demonic dancing when we're celebrating the torture and beheadings. Those are wonderful. But this was not that. There's no beheadings. There was no spurts of blood throughout the dance floor. No, you, you are correct. You are correct that there is an absolute lack of blood and a lack of beheadings in this film. Once again romantic comedy not we have very different definitions of that term yeah please take that as written yeah yeah good good point good point okay let's get back to your enjoyment of the film was there any other parts that you enjoy was there a themes that you enjoyed in this film or were there there uh Uh, some of the conversations you enjoyed. Any jokes that you enjoyed? Oh, there were several jokes that were quite amusing. That very beginning, just the showing how much of a 1% greediness that we have of just in the very initial introduction of our characters. With Sabrina narrating, it never rained at a Larrabee party. The Larrabees wouldn't stand for it. I love that sort of sentiment. That yes, I have the power and I'm not afraid to use it. So do you think that the Larrabees are demonic beings who perform rituals to make it not rain there? Is that what you're saying? You need this explained to you, sir? Okay, moving on. Um, 
Are there any other good lines that you have that you enjoyed from the film? Well, the character Elizabeth had a line that was also quite amusing. Uh, this would be Elizabeth, the fiancé of David. Yes, yes, go on. Yes, yes. And I actually did enjoy that actress myself because she had that bright red hair. I do think that red hair is a wonderful color for a character. And we lose all of our red-haired listeners. Go on, go on. I was assuming that she would turn out to be a succubus of some sort. And, you know, she does trick David into proposing to her. So that, of course, is means that all the more, yes, this is what this character is here for. Now we're cooking. But they don't go for the payoff. What was happening here? What Were the script writers just asleep at the wheel? I don't understand. Okay, we're going to get to the second part of that, but... Just for the setup, uh, David has met this woman. He's fallen in love with her. Uh, she's a doctor. Uh, she saves children's lives. He really enjoys spending time with her. And she does ask him if, you know, why aren't you asking me to marry you? And and so he does. He asks her to marry. And that's, he kind of feels pressured into it because he's a playboy. He doesn't like this kind of thing. But yeah, I can see it that she did trick him. Now, I'm a little confused, though, because you mentioned something that she didn't follow through with it. What were you expecting to happen? Well, as you know, a succubus should be draining the life force and the soul and the energy of the person. I did not really see that. Hang on. Hang on. I, I'm i going to... I can't believe I'm actually going to be taking your side on this one here, but I, I disagree with you because some people could see this as she was taking the life out of David. She was making him less fun, less of a playboy, less of a wondering eye. So maybe she was a succubus. I can't believe I'm saying this. Sir, that is an excellent point. You know, I have an opening for a new internship. If you're at all interested, you may give your resume to my dude, and we would get back to you in a timely fashion. Okay, um, I'll put a pin in that one for now. Let's go ahead and see if there's anything else fascinating in this movie. Anything else that you would like to talk about? Well, going back to Elizabeth briefly, because in the dinner scene that they had, Elizabeth had the delightful line after both of her parents had sort of bits of their own, where she says, when they try to be funny, it comes out perverse or terrifying. So that I enjoyed that line quite a bit, and it made me feel a certain kinship to Elizabeth as well. Do you think that her parents are perverse and disturbing? Sir, how many times do I have to explain to you the bleeding obvious in this picture? Okay, okay, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. Any other parts of the movie that you wanted to touch on? Well, you know, with these characters as well, being so well-to-do, so rich and whatever, one line also epitomizes this moment with Linus saying to his mother, Mother, go blow out your birthday candles. And the mother replying, Can't we send somebody? Yeah, they're rich. They are very rich. Did you like the fact that it was about the rich? Do you think that they, especially in this day and age, don't have enough movies about them? Well, the rich definitely need more representation, shall we say, in okay. today's world. I don't think they're quite as understood as well as they should be. And more people should be aspire to be ultra-wealthy so that they may put upon the less advantaged sorts. Like Sabrina and her father. Oh, absolutely. Without the ultra-rich, where would these people be? They're just washing the cars of stra complete strangers? Living in unknown houses and garages throughout America? It, it, could, it could happen, I guess. Uh, 
as we start to wrap up, let me ask you this. What did you think about the ending of the film where it is revealed that Linus has fallen in love with Sabrina? That part was very confusing to me. Because up to this point, Linus has done such an exemplary job being a liar. It was wonderful to see him perform with that very part. He was just a complete liar, liar, pants on fire with brimstone and plasma. Sabrina is just too good for him. He doesn't deserve her. And just wait till I get my hands on him. Because I'm not going to take two words from him. Otherwise, I, I, I'm sorry. What was the question again? I may have forgotten. Oh, yes. Did you enjoy the ending of the film where, where he realized that he was in love and he chased her to uh, to Paris? This is where some strange feelings started to come about within me. I found myself very much rooting for the characters. Huh. Wanting Sabrina to be happy. I don't understand what was happening to me at that time. Perhaps I was having simply one of my millennial case of the vapors. I do not know, but it was quite confusing nonetheless. The movie affected you then? I don't know if I would call it that. I mean, I was just moved. I was enjoying seeing the resolution come to a happy conclusion. I was very much delighted by David's turn of heart and deciding to follow through with his engagement. But I don't know if I would call myself moved by the movie in some fashion. That's That, that does not seem quite possible. Well, I, I think we might leave that line of questioning right there before we upset his Highness. Let me go ahead and ask you the final question then. Well, one of the final questions. I would like you to rate this movie. And and the way we do that here is we do this with full bags of popcorn, but just for you, for this one occasion, we'll change it. And we'll say we have full bags of brimstone. So one bag of brimstone is this movie was terrible. It was the worst thing you've ever seen. Five bags of brimstone means that this was the morning star of doom and it's the best thing in the universe so no halvesies one to five full bags of brimstone what is this no halvesies you are talking about we do full bags of brimstone we don't do half bags of brimstone i will attempt to rate the movie as you so say i would have to say that under consideration in spite of the movie arousing strange emotions within me welling up as it were and i was definitely not crying i don't know what you're talking about i was there is no crying whatsoever these are the tears of the damned and the and the, and the tortured not me i would have to give it a very generous four bags of brimstone wow i i was quite intrigued by the movie at all points except for the parts that bored me to tears but other than that it was a delightful film Oh, I almost forgot. I almost forgot one of my favorite illusions, as it were, within uh -huh. the film. If I may use such word without, you know, invoking the censors or whatever out there in the podcast affairs. The moment when Linus actually reveals his lies to Sabrina. Yes. Afterwards, he does go to the washroom to clean his hands. And if he doesn't think that I know Pontius Pilate when I see him, he would be greatly mistaken. That's a different take on that scene. That's a very, very different take on that scene. I'm going to go ahead and say that I would also rate this a four full bags of brimstone. This has always been one of my favorite movies, and I can't always tell you why. It 
it affects me. I will say that it affects me. I, I am not as strong as you, Mephisto. Uh, I, I, I can be touched by romantic comedies, and this one does touch me. It, it's a fine, fine film. I just have a lot of uh, good memories of watching this film, and it's always been one of my favorites. But that's all the time we have talking about this. I would like to, as I always do, offer my guest an opportunity to say where people can find him if they want to find him. Oh, well, it is very easy to find me. You may find me in most issues of Marvel Comics. They produce quite a few periodicals that portray my adventures, fighting various superheroes of various sorts. Now, they also do seem to think that I am on the losing end of said battles. I don't know why I would possibly allow them to portray such fiction. It's not as though I could possibly have some secret ulterior motive. <laughs> oh, my beverage. You, you, my yeah, beverage. You drink, drink, drink the tears of the fallen. Uh, while you're doing that... Uh, Salty. You can find me if I survive this, on Twitter at mmuckabout or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with Jeff, who you can find above my garage. If you would like to be on this show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at jeffandrickpresent, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, please do not send that to hellfire.com. That won't get to me. That might get to Mephisto. Big thank you to Longbox Crusade for letting me use their attic of their headquarters. I really do apologize about the smell of brimstone and the marks of fire on the wall. Uh, so, so I think you want to, you need to thank someone for the brimstone. Thank you to Mephisto for bringing the brimstone, the fire, the lightning, and the thunder. You are quite welcome. And I'd like to thank Omaha Bound, who is on a one-year hiatus from binding, but when they come back, you can take all of your favorite Mephisto stories and have them bound into one gigantic tomb of Hellfire. Do they do that? Do they bind tombs? I have never heard of such a thing. Yes, that they do. That sounds utterly delightful. I will have to mark that into my planner. Dude, bring me my planner. And a thank you to the Longbox Crusade members who help support this network. Uh, if you would like to support the network, head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. That's all the time we have. Thank God. Uh, please grab the popcorn and pull up a seat for the next episode. And help. Music for this episode is Fall Back by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. Ha <laughs> ha